random fact of the day is that apparently platypuses don't have stomachs. Huh. They must have like a chamber. Yeah. Well, no, because I would count as a stomach. No, it, they probably just have a chamber because science, it would have to be, you know, something stupid classified as a stomach. Yep. Uh, some chemical. <laughs> They do something. But they do something special. Very yeah. nice. No stomach. Yep. All right, let's Hold on. get into the podcast. back to another Commando Lander episode. I am your host, Owen, And I'm your co-host, Brady. aka the pro beginner. I Today can do we that are a lot. talking, <laughs> today we are talking about how, what is a good way to evaluate decks and how you can hopefully, uh, before you buy them, figure out roughly how well they were run. So we will be using mock field stats and also just some common knowledge. Uh, we'll be using Brady's deck as an example of what not to do off the bat because <laughs> it's yeah so if there's you want actually a some horrible deck do that well what's interesting I was looking at it before this and you actually do have some fundamental good things in it that most people don't catch on to but I think you did it by accident oh I sure did I threw in but cards that I found cool Yeah, you do have a few things that I would actually recommend, but there's all you have a lot more that outweighs it. So, yeah guys anyways, if you never want to play any of this stuff put in seven basic lands yeah, and make the rest utility. Yeah, and legendary. And a legendary, which is worse. Um, so today, again, as I said, we'll be covering deck cards. decks we again don't have halloween episode this week uh i have my wonderful halloween background uh once after halloween i will get rid of my background i will have my actual wall background behind me so again thank you for those on youtube who are tuning in uh our episode before this episode 20 it was on there um and then it'll obviously on podcast and so thank you guys for those who are listening to podcasts we have an average of eight listeners dedicatedly listen to ours so that's Not a lot, but it's impressive. I was, it's a lot to us, and that's all that matters. Yep. So, uh, on top of that, we, we are selling cards really well. Small things. So, yeah. And then again, today we have card game. We'll do it in a little bit, not now. I'm not going to try to rush into it. Uh, Good. but on that note, we're going to get into card game. <laughs> You jerk. And then while. Well, I already have my card picked, and then while Brady's uh, flipping his tabs, uh, again, on YouTube, I will have these edited in, the cards that we talk about, which is cool and new. I hope you guys enjoy that. And then also at the same time, on both of them, we will have our segment music. It is new, all new music, so that way it's not me rambling uh, the intro, and it'll be they will always be there. So we'll have our intro, outro music, our other stuff, so that'll be neat, so... If you have your card, pull it up, Brady. We can. Oh, I sure do. All right. It looks mighty special if you look at.
found this thing. It's called Fungasaur. It's one green, three colorless. It is not worth it, in my opinion. It's a 2-2 Summon Fungasaur. It reads, each time Fungasaur is damaged but not destroyed, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So. So, wait, can you reread it one more time? Okay, so it's a 2-2 and reads, each time it is damaged but not destroyed, you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And it's a 2-2? It's a 2-2. I'd say that's worth it. Okay. Because it well in perspective in any deck it is not worth it but like every magic card mm-hmm. except for a very few if you put it in a That's deck fair. like a red green you can damage your own creatures and if you were doing something like that yeah then as long because it'll get more powerful so in a mm-hmm. deck like that it'd be worth it outside of that yeah you're correct I wouldn't play it yeah you get a very small fungusaur I'll send you a picture. Yeah. Because it looks just like you. Me? Yes. No, it doesn't. Like, I'm not kidding. Exactly like you. Alright. And then for the viewers you'll have who to, are you'll watching... Have to put the pictures. Yeah, for the... Well, I can look this up afterwards. But for the viewers oh, perfect. watching, uh, you'll see it on the screen, obviously. Alright, so it's mine is in the spirit of Halloween because I really like the Halloween art cards. One creature type i forgot to talk about uh we forgot to talk about our i think i'm pronouncing that correctly it's o-u-p-h-e so it is a creature from modern horizon specifically this one that creature does not look like me but okay uh glimmer barn is one green and uh oops for those who don't know are normally these little human-ish like creatures that look like they're wearing the costumes they're normally in a mystical forest or something like that and it says sacrifice a token glimmer barn gets plus two two until end of turn and it starts as a one two so realistically this could be a four four on turn one four well if you had a token it could be on a few turns uh out so i might actually be playing this more Hmm. just because they are unique. And I wonder how many there actually are. Oops, let me see really quick as we before we get into it. Alright, there's what quite a bit of say that it reminds me of Roblox. Yeah. So oofs are in magic a so they're like fantasy creatures, which I mean it's magic, so that's mm-hmm. not a good description because it's all fantasy but they're normally uh something that steals power or has light and they're normally small and they look like halloween creatures so they don't all look like the glimmer barn and the gilder baron uh they, those two look the same but there are a few that look that are oofs that look like it but they're normally small creatures that are uh they're kind of like a fairy of the, I don't know. Let me look up on the wiki what an oof is. Yeah, so oofs are associated with. Oh, okay. They were like what I thought. Yeah, a little that depict annoying little humanoids, often collecting treasures or tinkering with artifacts. So humanoid creatures that are annoying and 
uh they are related to fairies and gremlins so they're about the size of yeah a i was dwarf, gonna say so are they like a you're stealing the words out of my mouth i was thinking of an imp and a dwarf had a child and that's what it became yeah so just a tiny little it's like you <laughs> all right so we're gonna be getting yep. into decks now so we'll be starting with uh, I have Brady's deck list pulled up here on Moxfield. Whether you like Moxfield or Architect, I personally like Moxfield. It's just easier on my eyes. Uh, and you might be saying that's ridiculous. Well, I don't yeah. care. So I'm, I use Moxfield. So you might have a you have a little bit more uh, stuff on Architect, but I don't care because you get better at it. So for those who don't know, Jet Mirror <laughs> Nexus of Rebels is a white, green, a red, and a colorless. It is a legendary creature cat demon. Uh just like, yes. just like my sister. Yeah, exactly. Just like Creatures you yeah. control get plus one, plus zero, and have vigilance as long as you control three or more. Uh, they get another plus one, plus zero, and have trample as long as you control uh, six or more creatures. And they also get another plus one, plus zero, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. And it's a five four. So it it's a I would you would assume a token deck or something that you would have lots of creatures for. So pulling up Bray's yep. list here. There is a lot that can go wrong when you build a deck, and a lot of things can and, and probably will to start. To the deck which we have pulled up here is the newer version, so uh, his first the version newest was version. garbage. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, on our Moxfield, you have your token tap. This is good to look at because you also need to buy them, but Brady has currently 24 tokens that he would need to buy. And if I export those to TCG player, it's $15. So not bad. But the good thing is you get to see what creatures you need on top of that. Or you can get affinity tokens, which you can draw on. They're like dry erase card tokens. But the other thing, too, is Moxfield has your creatures. So it lays out your creature types. So if you look it's at the really bottom. organized. Yeah, the purple bar, which I will show on screen, is it has creatures 19, advisor 1, bard 1, bird 1, cat 3, citizen 1, cleric 1, demon, so forth. I'm not going to read into it, but it has that for creatures. It has that for sorceries, instants, artifacts, enchantments, and obviously lands, and obviously instants of sorcerers. It's not going to tell you what type because there are one weight so uh many types but as uh you would know you also need to uh know what else is in your deck and get an idea of how it works so you go below that it has your number of cards and your mana value so this is what you call your mana curve you want to get your mana curve to be as low as possible on average for most decks so, for example, for Brady's, his first mana card, there are two permanents with the mana value of one, and there is one spell with the mana value of one. So one instant or sorcery, I don't really know. And then uh, two permanents, I could click on it. Let's see what it is. Oh, it is Sylvian Offering, but that's because it has X in its mana cost. Then uh, he has five permanents at two and seven spells at two, which is really good because they're low. And uh, as I sh will show on screen for those watching, you want your curve to go up 
quickly and then down slowly on average. Uh, and I'm saying on average because there are times in decks that you don't want that uh, if you're doing like a big mana deck or something like that. But the lower you can get it, the better. And you also uh, want like you want one spells that give you more mana. So Soul Ring, uh, Mox Diamond, all these other things that help you get there if it's in your budget or whatever it is. What you want your mana curve to go up. Yeah, Commanders. Well, that's two or three. Uh, that's not one. And then you want your two to have a little bit more so it can build. You want your three probably the most. So like Brady has 20 permanents with mana value of oh. three and seven spells with mana value of three. Then it jumps down the way for four is there's only six permanents with mana value of four. Then there's three spells with mana value of five, two spells with mana five, three, six, uh, one for six, uh, one, seven, one eight and one nine so that's a pretty decent mana curve maybe wow. not as much as a drop but that's a pretty good uh when it comes to uh what we have here is that um and then on curve so if you click on it it tells you what are your uh chances of playing things on curve so uh for example here Soul Ring is one mana, obviously. Sylvian Offering is one green on X. And then Birds of Paradise is one green. So those are your one. So Brady has a 98.7% chance of playing these on curve. So that means when you play one mana, how quickly will you be able to play those? Probably high. Then if you go to two, there's a lot more. So you only had 94% chance, uh, 85%, so on. And th that's not saying you will have them in your hand but it's just thinking about it as a curve like a wave yeah. like a wave pool you want to go up and then down the best it, as you can so another handy feature is the average mana value so the average mana value uh of his deck is two and then with lands it's well with lands it's two and without lands it's 3.41 the deck's total mana value is 201 so that means you have a pretty well uh you have a low mana base which is pretty good that's good yeah but you have lots of lands so that helps too and then another yes. thing they have is your uh how many your mana symbols are so there's 53 percent uh white 42 percent of all symbols and 30 percent of symbols on lands 27 percent uh on in red 18 percent of all symbols and 26 percent of symbols on lands that might need to be reworked and then 55 percent in green 41 percent of all symbols and 26 percent on symbols on land and 10 percent on wastes uh colorless zero percent of all symbols and nine percent on lands so that's a pretty decent besides red you don't want your lands to make up most of your red because that doesn't mean you have any red cards so that's another thing and then the other thing, too, is to note is the average number of lands in open in hand. Brady is three, so that's really, really well uh, laid out there. And then you can also uh, play test and draw cards and pretend to deal another hand and things like that. So that's useful. Uh, Brady, on this version of the deck, normally starts with a lot of lands. So... On this hand, he got six lands. This one, he got two, two. I'm just clicking it. So really, that all that's, that's cool. all you need for the most part when it comes to building decks. But 
we could talk about all that stuff, how to use it. Most of you guys will know how to use it. If you don't know how to use it, there will be a tutorial better uh, that isn't to listen to. Uh, and we also have to appeal to YouTube and podcasting. So I'm not going to cover all of it at the same time. But the main thing to note is when you are building decks, you want to make sure that you know what your deck is about. So, for example, Brady has uh, Jetmere Nexus of Revels. So, this deck will either need lots of creatures or lots of things that create tokens. So, Brady's Commander, Which obviously, there's, there's, yeah, there's one, well, I would argue more, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So, yeah. Yeah. Commander is one, obviously. There's only one commander. He has no planeswalkers, which planeswalkers are hit and miss. I don't think you have to have one in any deck. Uh, you can have a great deck without them. So I agree. It just depends on which. If, if it helps, have one. If not, not a big deal. But planeswalkers, unless that's just your own interpretation. But for this, Brady has lots of creatures. I am going to read a few, but he only has 18 creatures which I argue is not enough. So, when you look at this, what are one of the cards? One of the cards is Adeline Resplendent Cathar. Oh, yes. It's two white and one colorless. It's asterisk slash four for its power and toughness. It has vigilance. It's a human knight, and its power is equal to the number of creatures you control. Whenever you attack for each opponent, create a 1-1 one, one white human creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. This card is great. You want to know why? Because it says whenever you attack. It doesn't say when this card attacks. So that oh. is something to note. It says whenever you attack. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's an, this card is great because all you have to do is attack, and now you have one ones. They're tapped and attacking, though. So that is another thing is it will trigger jet mirrors if it gets above it. Perfect. So another thing is... I didn't know that. Yeah, you should read cards. The other thing to know, too... It's not well. That's not reading cards. So then another one, let's say, for example, is Kit Kanto Mayhem Diva. I'm not going to read the whole entire card. It'll be on screen. If not, you just need to know what it does. It is a 3-3, and when it enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token, and at the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap two untapped creatures you control, and when you do, target creature that player controls gets plus two, plus two, and gates trample until on a turn, go with that creature. Is this card good? Yes. Uh, but the main thing I see with this deck is there's a lot of stuff that deals with combat, and that's a great thing, but at the same time, there most of the creatures that come in here are... So, with this deck, Jetmere is obviously a commander that you want to attack with a lot. You want to just have an onslaught always attacking. If you aren't attacking every turn, you're wasting opportunity. As Brady oh, knows, nice he right. rarely attacks. Yes. So, you waste too many opportunities. Uh, oh, I we'll sure change. do. We'll change that. But, oh, on top perfect. of that, well, I'm just going to tell you to attack more. But, yeah, yeah. Some of the things, too, is that you don't have a lot of creatures that do stuff. So you have a lot of creatures like Wood Elves and, obviously, your Mana Dorks and everything that gives you mana. Then you have things like hey. Scoot Swarm. You have your Torrens. Hey, what? My, my Dorks. You said Dorks. Mana Dorks. That's what they're called in Magic. Oh. Well, then. Learn something new every day. 
Yeah. And then like uh, Fabian boss is confident. I'm not going to probably put this on screen, but if I do, you'll see it. Creature tokens you control have haste as we have combat on your turn. Each player reveals to have part of their library. If you play a card reveal this way, you create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. Then the creature you control get plus one plus one to on a turn for each non-line card revealed this way. Then each player draws a card. So that's very utility and it's very good. But at the same time, you want to have cards that create things that stay so a lot of brady's cards here either buff creatures or they create creatures when they attack and they're also attacking that's one downside is you do have a lot you have probably about a quarter of these creatures so i guess about four of the 18 which isn't a quarter but uh round that's close uh, enough four to five so yeah creatures would um create creatures that are stagnant so it creates them when they come in it creates them something so you have them. Those can get buffed. Yes. But some of these cards uh, are your mana dorks. They don't do anything else but that. That's also good because you need your ramp. But the other thing I'm noticing is a lot of these cards are either when you cast an instant or sorcery or when this card attack, create, attacking. The issue with creating tokens that are attacking means that they will die, most likely. So the yes. downside to this deck I see is you never have a steady steam of tokens. So you can solve that by... One, having more creatures. In this deck, I would recommend between 20 and 24 because you also have 11 instants, 8 artifacts, 11 enchantments, and 11 sources. That's a ridiculous amount. So, for this, I would recommend creatures that are um, more stagnant. So, going over to EDH rec, uh, while this loads, you want to have more creatures with a commander like this because you don't want to rely on the fact of making tokens. It would be good if you have cards that you can play even if you your tokens die or something like that because if your stuff dies you can just play more cards it's hard to create more tokens so on this note hmm. let's look at yeah. some of the creatures that they recommend for jetmir all right so we're on tokens going down to creatures so some of the creatures like this one jenna fey jetmir's second which is actually interesting it's jetmir's That's second cool. card if yeah. you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that many 2-2 green creature tokens with haste or that many 3-1 dog creature or tokens dogs. with vigilance. The reason why this would work is because now instead of create now when you create something that is uh on attacking, now you can either create a 2-2 green. So instead of being a 1-1, it could be a 2-2 two -two with uh haste, or it could be a 3-1, which at least means it hits more. So it mm -hmm. kind of it 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 helps with more extremes yes and i have that one yeah yeah or like this one uh dragon layer spider reach uh it's a five six it, so it's already hefty it, it's six mana so it's hefty on there but whenever an opponent casts a spell create a one one green insect creature token this would work great because if you're playing commander you're probably playing against three or four other people and whenever that player casts a spell any spell you now have one ones I guarantee you on one turn, you would have this card uh, create at least 10 creatures, at least. So that would be another one because it's always down unless obviously uh, it dies or something like that. But it doesn't require you yeah. to attack. Uh, and not saying that you would want to replace a lot of these, just some of them. So that way you have more. Uh, or like this one, Dragon Master Outcast. It's one red mana. It's a 1-1 one, one human shaman. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control six or more lands, create a 5-5 five, five red dragon creature token with flying. So it's heftier. It creates it as long as you have six or more, and it just helps with creating more creatures guaranteed because that's the hard thing. And that's one thing 
when you create a deck is you want to look like how often will I need this? How often will I have it? So that's a, another big thing. Yeah. Also by playing it, people uh, will notice. So uh, I think you have Hornet Queen in there. I do not. Then I would recommend Hornet Queen. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, create four 1-1 one, one green insect token creatures with flying or Hornet's Nest. Whenever it takes damage, you create that many Hornets. Uh, there's things like that. But now we're going to move on to the because that's just creatures. So I would recommend 24-ish creatures, which you could literally just add in those, like keep the creatures that you uh, want, but just add in the creatures that are there. So you could do that too. It's just add the creatures that I mentioned or like look at more. Um, but quickly moving on, because we're only going to get through one deck today because we are try to keep our episodes around 30 minutes. Uh, sorceries. A lot of these sorceries say create tokens that copy target creature you control, gain haste, uh, exile things. So it's good to have land draw. I wouldn't change. Actually, I would change some of these because you have a lot of each creature you control gains vigilance, trample, and melee until it turns. It'd be your next main phase. Draw a card for each. Your your commander already kind of does that. So that's going to yeah. be used. Dead card. Civilian uh, exactly. offering yeah. is a good card because you create uh, stuff and lots of stuff. Uh, shamanic revelation you draw cards for creatures mm-hmm, yes. and gain life that's a good one see the spotlight's good because it gives you thing uh like a uh, marshall coop is good you just normally play it at the wrong time yeah. indulge and excess what? i would actually get rid of because it do- it doesn't do enough to have it take up a space uh fell the mighty what is that? uh indulge and excess oh okay dusk and dawn that's a great card for this deck cultivate Comrade D, uh, Comrade D would be the only one that would be iffy, but it's also not a bad card, so it's not worth getting rid of. But Cabretti Confluence kind of does a lot, and it also doesn't have it's three mana for a sor- well, it's six mana, three colored mana for a sorcery, which is way too much. Going through instance okay. is you want to look at what are you doing with your instance. So a lot of the times you have prevent damage, uh, that's good, but you have a lot of it. You also have a lot of artifact and enchantment removal. That's good, but you also have way too much of it. So you could easily get rid of one or two of these cards in instance and just look at, okay, how much do I have elsewhere? Or get rid of some of your sorcery uh, removal. Artifacts, all your artifacts are ramp, so it is a great thing. Uh, I wouldn't change anything in there. But your enchantments are, there are some things that you could change. So you're, you have awakened zone, that's a great thing. You create zero ones on your upkeep. That's what. I, that's more of what you should have is constant <laughs> uh, thing. But banishing light when it enters the battlefield, exile target not limp. That's useless in this deck. Uh, it's a good card, but you have instants that do the same thing. You actually have a few of them. Beastmasters and Ascension, great card that basically wins the game if you can get it. Uh, Cabrati Ascendancy, that's another one that would probably not fit well into this deck. Uh, but that's also one of those if he wants. Felidar Retreat. That one is good because whenever you play land, you have a choice to create a token or put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. Great card for this deck. Uh, Instantable Virtue, though. Creature tokens you control get plus one, plus one out of Vigilance. That's a useless card because it takes up a place that you could have a creature that does twice as much, and there you are getting plus one, plus zero, and already will have it once. And it doesn't just it doesn't do enough. And then there's Killer Service, uh, and it creates food tokens, and then you can sacrifice a token, pay two. That one's a great card. You can get your lower tokens to become bigger. Prosperous Partnership, uh, create when it enters, create two, one, one, green and white citizen creature tokens. Great card. Tap three on tap, create, create tokens. Really good card. 
uh, Rabble Rouse and stuff. Some of these cards are good, but some of them are too slow. Like Raid the Bombardment, that's a terrible card. I don't know why it's in here for this deck. Uh, Sandworm Convergence, <laughs> that's a great card. Uh, wouldn't change that. We could card. easily get rid of three enchantments right there. And then also, you only have four forests, three mountains, and six plains. All the rest are enter tapped or things like that. So there's a lot of things you could get rid of. Uh, you don't have to, and I wouldn't recommend it for some people, but that's really low. And you also have 40 lands. So for this deck, you don't need that many lands because I'm, I'm looking. You could easily just get rid of. So Dusk and Dawn is your only nine mana together. That's not even nine mana, so that that's not worth playing. You have one card with eight mana, which is Sandworm Convergence. You have one at seven, which is Torsten. And then you have uh, four at six, which is the ones I told you to, or I'm, I recommend you remove. And then the other ones are five and below. So you don't need 40 lands. You could probably go down to 38 because most of your mana is one, two, three, four, and five mana. You only have one card above it. And that was, and then the rest you would probably take out just because they're too expensive and they don't do enough. So, for those who are listening, what what was all that about? And it's not that your deck isn't great. This deck does work, but when you're building a deck, but it could be better. Yes, when you're building a deck, it's okay. How much do I have that I'm already doing? So, instants will always be better than sorceries. Always, if you can find the same thing in an instant, it'll might even if it costs one more, you can play it anytime. That's a great thing if you yeah. can do that. But at the same time, you also have a lot of removal in this deck, which is good. But you have too much removal. You have probably ten cards for removing stuff. <laughs> uh, that's a little ridiculous because there's also other people who will be removing stuff as well. So main thing is mm-hmm. you're looking at your mana. That's a big thing is you your cards that cost above six mana don't do enough. Just remove them because now you need your there's no reason to have three extra lands for two cards. That doesn't even out well. So you can remove yeah. two lands, add two more creatures because then you have a steady income of creatures. And the main thing that you did good though on your deck is you buffed your creatures and you also made them create some. So that was another good thing. And the fact that your mana curve is almost a perfect mana curve for Jetmere. So uh, for those who are watching or listening, that is kind of what you want to do with your deck. You want to associate, what is my mana curve? How many lands should I have this? If I have a few mana, like that's what happened with my Umbris deck. I had a few cards at 10 mana and the rest were like five and below. There's no reason to have, I had 43 lands. There's no reason to have those extra five lands in there for three cards. So just remove the three cards. It'll run way smoother because then you're not either, either you'll have no lands or you'll have some lands. So a lot of it, is figuring out what works for the specific type of deck so you for brady's mana curve his mana curve starts quick it goes up right away and goes down right away and that's it flat lines for that type of deck you want less lands for a deck though that is flat and then goes up because it's more it has a higher mana cost that's when you would want to have more lands so that's just something to that you when you build decks you have to interpret it i would read mine maybe next week we'll read actually one of mine because uh umbris i'll read the old version of him because he did not turn out well so that way we can critique mm-hmm. one of mine but we're we hit 30 minutes so we're gonna end it here but again brady didn't speak much for one reason he yeah. doesn't know much about going no much and but now he gained it, so next episode he can talk about it. Maybe, hopefully, M- maybe. But hopefully, all right. So that's the end of this episode of Commander Lander. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the editing and all this stuff. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, 
thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of you. Remember, send emails to us. We haven't had any emails. We want to see your emails. Um, and uh, again, I am your host, Owen, probably one of the best people in the world. I'm your co-host, Brady, one of the worst people in the world, in, in magic, at least. In magic. In magic. The pro beginner. The pro beginner, yes. All right. And... Remember to get hyped, uh, share everywhere you know. I don't care. Show, share it to your friends, social media, everywhere that we'll have a Halloween special. It'll be like nothing else on any podcast or YouTube channel ever magic. So beware. It will be uh, stunning and it will be one of the best things that we will ever output just because it takes that much time. So uh, get ready for that. Be ready to share it. And uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. So remember, uh, stay nerdy and stay legendary. Goodbye.